from the Hill Country in Texas, broadcasting worldwide, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. It's, it's funny how I knew that. I, I woke up this morning and I knew that's where we would be. Isn't it funny how you know that? Well, good morning. It's the 17th of May. We are live here this morning, OneRadioNetwork.com. Uh, my name is Patrick Timpone. That's what my mom called me when I came into this reality in 1946, just after the war. Yep. <laughs> Funny how that happened. Dad came home. And, oh, um, and um, we're going to have fun this morning. If you'd like to be on the show, uh, you can join us, 888 663-6386 email patrick at oneradionetwork.com all of our videos are on BitChute we're all caught up except for Ray Pete from yesterday we'll get him up after this show so we upload videos all the time on BitChute that link is right on the front page so you can subscribe to the channel or prescribe to the channel and uh, we let you know every time we put a new one up all the audios are on the front page of One Radio Network, we began in, uh, um, it was in, um, it was in, it was in March of 2008, March 6th, I believe, or 7th, and the first person who was on the show with us, and back in March 2008, was, who, it was Adam Bergstrom, do you remember that show, Adam? (laughs) Wait a minute, let me turn on your microphone, do you remember that show? I do. Isn't that funny? Goes back a ways. Yeah. March 6th, 7th, 8th, right around in there. And I I knew Adam, we did a show on KLB, a couple shows on KLBJ in Austin, right? And then uh, he was, you were in still in the Austin area then back in 2008? You were living there? I was on a ranch in Fayetteville, though I have lived in Austin before. In Fayetteville, Arkansas? No, Fayetteville, Texas. Oh, Fayetteville. It's right near LaGrange. Yeah, yeah, you were out east. 20 miles from LaGrange. Yeah, you were out east on a little ranch, and that's where uh, I, uh, I was introduced to you by our friend Carol, Carol in the country. And she said, you got to interview this guy. He's crazy. And, and so we got together. And, cause you, and you even came out to my little store, didn't you, one time? What are we at? I don't think I came out to the store. No, we had talked about it, but I never made it. Oh, never saw. Oh, it. you never, you never came out. I thought I must have dreamt of visiting with you there. Adam's a great researcher. Uh, he's been on. He's had. He has over eighty Christmases under your belt, right? Over eighty Christmas. Eighty-one. Eighty-one Christmases under your belt. Go figure. And. <laughs> Now that I'm not a heliocentric guy anymore, I don't say around the sun. Some people do, but who cares? <laughs> so I do Christmases under my belt. I think that's a nice way to say the word age, A-G-E, that we don't use a lot. And then Adam has uh, two websites, uh, Sunsink Nutrition, and that's the pay-as-you-go baby, 99 bucks for the rest of eternity, or solartiming.com, or all of his e-books are on solartiming.com. You get e-books uh, from $10 on up. Most of them are right around the $10 range, aren't they, Adam? About 10 bucks or so. I think I'm up to 40-something books now. <laughs> Is that right? Okay. I'm thinking of writing one on meditation. Someone asked, uh, did I have any books on meditation and the closest is butterflies need no taxidermist 
which is a hodgepodge of things and a lot of meditation info. And then the biography of Adon Olay called The Kit Carson of the Aquarian Age. <laughs> yeah, I want to get that butterflies thing. Maybe y'all would send me that. And since I got my little, um, um, what do we call that, Kindle thing set up, I actually figured out how to almost upload PDFs. I'm close. And, and, so, and so I'd like to read that. And that's a long one too, isn't it? So I could kind long of, one. Yeah. I started it on a Greyhound bus. I I had a fourteen foot ticket from Carpinteria, California to Caribou, Maine. Oh. I rode to Caribou, Maine, took the bus right back, and in the week or more it took to do that, I did the beginning part of it. And, and uh, how many pages do you know? Do we call? Is it? Uh, do you know how many pages Vibrant Gals the Butterflies is? It's it's a lot of pages. It's a lot of pages. <laughs> four, it, four volumes, but we've kind of put it together. Vibrant Gal has put it together. Yeah, I wanted to wait until I could get on the Kindle thing because you know, on the computer that much. It's just make your head explode, you know? It's like... <laughs> We're living on it. I've got a sore butt many days. <laughs> sore butt from what? Yep. So, I guess we don't get to sit behind it tomorrow because the power is out. Yeah, and that's why we have you on a day early. We have generally scheduled you for the second, third month, third Wednesday, third Wednesday, at the first Monday and the third Wednesday. Uh, and then, so, tell me what's going on with your what's, what's up with that? Well, they're upgrading it. By the way, Butterflies is 885 pages. 885 pages. Wow. Those are typewriter sized pages. Wow. 885. My goodness. So we'll get into that in a minute and ask you what that's all about so people can can order it. Um, but so what's up? They told you they're just going to turn off your electricity tomorrow? Yeah, and they're, they're putting 5G in all over the place. They're uh -huh. disguising it looking like giant agave plants <laughs> except the color they look like metal poles so it doesn't <laughs> fool anybody <laughs> everybody will leave the neighborhood right? <laughs> oh i tell you they're going crazy also they're planning to merge the sewer department with the water departments so we can drink not just gray water but brown water i, I think it's a great idea i, I you know it makes <laughs> sense to me i why would you not want to do that is that right they're they're merging they're merging. Yeah. But here's the thing. They're going to transfer it from Car from Montecito to Carpinteria by a sea pipe. And then they're going to transport the refined water back to Montecito. So there's miles involved. Breaks all EPA rules and everything. <laughs> so uh, it, on the idea that they're doing environmental in stuff here, they're yeah. actually destroying the environment. Yeah. Do you know about the big wind farm, the huge wind yeah. farm with they have floating, uh, floating, uh, what do you call them, windmills that are basically as tall as the Chrysler building. Wow. In an area where there have been 50 shipwrecks and sunk at 4,000 feet, the fishermen are up in arms because it's going to destroy their fishing habitat. The Navy doesn't like it. But they passed it through because there's billions of dollars involved. Hmm. So who, who's making the money off of this? The government. Well, it, the, the the manufacturers who are basically connected to the government I so think. they can steal our money. Yeah. 
So that's what that's how it works, right? They pay these people to build all this stuff, and they don't work, and it doesn't work, and it eats birds too, doesn't it? It really eats a lot of birds. <laughs> Biden Biden signed a bill for a quarter million acres of windmills out in the ocean, really? floating windmills, all floating. Out in the in the Pacific, where you are. In the Pacific, a quarter of a million acres. That's a lot. Yeah, and these these propellers are so big, they reach to the top of the uh, uh, of the Chrysler Building in New York. I mean, it's as big as the Trump Tower. Hmm. <laughs> Same height, the entire thing from the from the uh, floating deck. It's floating on, and that's part of the problem. In high seas, they could break loose, bump into each other, and actually cause havoc. And they claim that this is going to lower our dependency on oil and all that. Is that the is that the the meme they put out there? Yep. And then the other option is phony solar power because you could have your own grid. They have they have now a material that's as thin as a photographic uh, negative, mm-hmm. and you can paste it in multiple levels, get up to forty or fifty percent efficiency instead of thirty and you can just paint buildings with it. But they don't want to do that because they'd rather spend all the money and rob basically sure. everybody. Sure. So so yeah, I have read about this the material you can actually just put it on your roof rather rather than panels and put it even on the sides of your everywhere. And uh, it's it's pretty efficient, I mean, like panels? Very effective. And see, they've had these ideas for years. There's also all kinds of other solar generators where you can get it, even from wind power, where you can get it electrostatically. You don't even need propellers. Mm -hmm. So they've actually had solar power since 51, where they could actually convert the whole world but to, to solar. But they don't want to do it because they want to make you believe that you have to go to a grid that you can't have it on your own house and have it day and night. They have solar so sensitive, you can use moonlight to run your electricity. No kidding. <laughs> moonlight. <laughs> they tend to hide technology. Say They're so far ahead of us. Uh, what we know as technology, it will, let's give you an example. A buddy of mine worked for Texas uh, Instruments, that company from sure. Texas. In uh, Austin. And he was sent to Japan. And he saw flat screen TV in 1971 when he was over there, 72, something like that. Or actually, no, it was earlier. It was the 60s, flat screen TV. So I said, wow, I can't wait to get home. I'm going to buy one of those. And he was told, "Uh, you don't understand. We have to get rid of all this other product first. So it's going to be years. It was decades before we got flat screen TV. What was it, the 90s? And he saw it in the 60s they had it. Yeah. So they're about 30 years ahead in technology. And the uh, a lot of the so-called flying saucers we see, it's technology. Oh, it's mostly military, huh? Mostly, yeah. Military has it, you bet. Both the Army, the Navy, uh, all of the military, the CIA, uh, the, N, uh, the NSA, all of them. Hmm. <laughs> DARPA, DARPA, think DARPA. Yeah, and it's it's very quite convenient, Adam. If uh, if you're running this operation, then if you ever want to have an alien invasion or you know something like that, the next fear porn thing, you could just run it up the flagpole. You know, just have it one on schedule whenever you want it, right? <laughs> 
true. <laughs> Whenever you want it. <laughs> These people are out of control, baby. If you like, the to only get- hope for California is we had uh, Julia. Julia Childs used to live here, and look, butter is in the title. See that? Yeah, butter. Butter, butter, butter. So at least there's a revolution here against all the tofu. It's called butter. Oh, really? Okay. Well, yeah, tofu's not all that great anyway, is it? We kind of went through the tofu era, didn't we? Back in the back in the early hippie days. Like I don't know. I never got into it much, but it's still going. I've eaten uh, I've eaten sprouted tofu, which is something that was made by one of Adano's initiates in a machine. Hmm. You sprout the soybeans, and then it's much healthier than the other one because uh, the the tofu that we know is not the tofu from Asia. They're totally different because they wanted to make a more efficient type of uh, soybean in this country. You know, it was brought over here to take red wheat and make it white so they could make white bread. Otherwise, winter wheat, which is the red wheat, had beta carotene. Soybean destroys it, and it destroys vitamin A, too. So is soy um, kind of an evil food as it's made out to be? Because I've read some things, some people think that it's not all that terrible soy yeah you know the uh the oriental version of it is pretty good is but it? they have been genetically altering the one here for years still for certain things it's okay uh in moderation at the correct time of day midday uh i've eaten a lot of soy because back in the days when loma linda when I was a Loma Linda vegetarian, I ate hot dogs out of soy. Uh, <laughs> it was either gluten or soy. Hot dogs, hamburgers, all kinds of things like that. Yeah, yeah. And what's seitan? Is say, seitan is more of a wheat thing. And then they have, what's the other product that's pretty good? Um, that usually comes frozen in a flat thing. Is it, It's a soy product, isn't it? Um, you know what I'm thinking? Tempeh? Tempeh, yeah. Tempeh? Yeah, 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 tempeh. That's pretty good, isn't it, tempeh? That's that's better, yeah, yeah than a regular soy. So they, they come in degrees. I also like miso. Miso, uh, yeah. Miso can be very, it, it protects against radiation, things like that. And the three-year-old hacho miso, raw miso, is the best, I think. Yeah. I can't, we can't get it here now anymore. Uh, Brandon Amalani, you know, Shen Blossom, he's got some 10-year-old crazy Chinese, you know, miso. He said it's just out of control. Ten-year-old? Yeah, ten-year-old. Wow. I'm going to get some of that. It's real dark, you know, and it's got a lot of a lot of good buggies running around. Speaking of radiation, I don't know if you heard me mention uh, Adam yesterday with Ray Pete. By the way, if you'd like to be on the show and talk to Adam, uh, and uh, I wish him well because he's in California. He needs all the wish he's well he could get. Uh, 888-663-6386. You can call or Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. My nose itches. We're live here this morning on the 17th of May. Did you be telling uh, Ray P. about the, the uh, alleged nuclear explosion on that island where I was stationed? Did you hear me mention that to him? It was an explosion on the Johnson Atoll? Oh, yeah. Yeah. There. So I found this, you know, as you know, this whole nuclear thing you can see more and more of it coming up in the media, right? Because I think this is the next, you know, fear porn of Ukraine, Russia, nuclear war, you know, this whole thing. You, you, you can see it happening, Adam. They're putting it everywhere. It's just more and more 
the war nuclear. You know, as you know, NLP, they can, they're running this thing up the flagpole, and this will be the next fear thing, in my opinion. And so I saw this chart. They had it on one of the places where I go. It's a financial. And it had the, the largest, the last, let's see, how did they put it? Uh, the largest, the, the 10 last largest nuclear explosion on Earth. So, so they have pictures, and I, I, I guess, I think the pictures are uh, computer pictures. I don't think they're real pictures. So the first one they had was 1952, Johnston Atoll, 10,000 megaton nuclear explosion on this island. Wow. And 15 years later, I was there playing Frank Sinatra records. And there was trees and birds and stuff, and I didn't get juiced. So what's up with that? I mean, what, isn't this nuclear stuff supposed to hang around for 100 years and kill us all? I mean... Well, some of the, some of the uh, isotopes stay around for millions of years. Uh, for instance, the one in your smoke detector... It's actinide. It actually stays around for 400, and it has a half-life of 500 years. And here's the thing. What happens to that radioactivity, which is an alpha ray, which is like a radio signal goes in your body. You don't want it in your food. But what happens when there's fires here? The plastic protects you from the alpha. You get a small amount of gamma, which is no problem. But it protects you. But as soon as there's a fire, the plastic all burns. And you have some of the houses up here in Montecito have as many as 20. Buildings have 50 or so. What happens when they burn down and all that radiation is all over the environment in your food and water? <laughs> so they don't tell you about that. So the plan of the Green Revolution, by the way, is to nuclearize the world. Bill Gates is invested in having that nuclear reactor in your backyard oh good I want my main objection against having all that nuke around is because we're not allowed to maintain it if it was solar we could go handle it and m manipulate it it's called a convivial tool where you can do it yourself well because it's something for the experts on your property they have the right to come to your property for a thousand or two thousand years because we're too dumb to handle nuclear <laughs> only they can do it so only experts from the government can come and handle it that's my main objection to nuclear and now the france is going to introduce a whole bunch of more nukes uh, more nuclear power yeah, plants and the middle east is going to be totally nuclear because that's what the green revolution was around about is solar is the good news is california at least is resisting nuclear we're going to get rid of all of that but then we have this travesty of these giant windmills out in sea you in texas you know what that drive is along 10 when you get out near uh, Abilene and that area, where all those, it looks like something out of a sci-fi movie, you know? It's freaking ugly. Yeah, they, they are. Well, I mean, it, nuclear power plants actually have a pretty good safety record, generally, don't they? If you don't build them on a on an earthquake thing, if you can figure out how to get rid of the, get rid of the stuff, you know, what do they call it? Get rid of the uranium? on the faults uh now one of the problems is they love to build them on faults. <laughs> of course and the biggest and most dangerous 
uh, earthquake area in the United States is the Madrid Fault New Madrid. and the Mississippi River. Yeah, look yeah. at all the nuke plants right along the Mississippi. Is there? Yeah, yeah. New Madrid. We're yeah. we're miles for earthquakes. The biggest earthquake that ever occurred in the last two hundred years was along the Mississippi River. Is that right? Yeah, the New Madrid. It yeah. was so big it rang church bells in Boston, and they could feel it shake in California. Wow. And this is coming from the Mississippi River. It re-diverted the Mississippi for a while and made a huge lake. I think in Tennessee, it was, it was huge. Uh, 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 someone I know actually wrote a really good book about the Madrid Fault, about that thick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what year was that big one in New Madrid? Yeah, it was a huge what year? one. In fact, the funny thing, there was a, uh, what was his name? There was an Indian who predicted that if the white man came and invaded him, they would create an earthquake. And it happened right after that. Hmm. And what year? What year was that, do you know? I would say about 1812. Wow. Taking a guess, it was back in that area, 1808 to 1812, somewhere along there. Somewhere around in there, huh? Wow. New Madrid, yeah, that's my, my old stuff. Huge, around. huge quake. <clears> hmm. <throat> So, it freaked out the animals so much that thousands of squirrels ran out of the forest and jumped into the river and died like lemmings. Really? Whoa. Yeah. All that, you see, they, they, animals know when quakes are coming. Yeah, they do. And people who have the sound current in their ear can know when quakes are coming, too. A good buddy of mine, he and his daughter and his mother have that kind of sound current roaring in their ears, and the daughter is really good at... Uh, predicting quakes intuition huh triple eight six six three sixty three eighty six email patrick at one radio network dot com if you'd like to to be on the show um got some emails already from mr b and we're going to dig into a couple of them here uh can adam share an example of how a person can mesmerize themselves to alter their body such as tell it to heal a chronic condition of ulcers or a malabsorption. What they what you can do is sit quietly and have pins and needles throughout your entire body and feel yourself expanding in the room. Well, once you get yourself to expand to fill the entire room with your body. Mm-hmm. You're in a mesmeric condition, and any suggestion you make, or even energy shift, will automatically take care of that. I first discovered that, before I got into TM and all of that, I had no idea how to meditate. I read books about it, and so I decided to experiment. Well, one time I'm sitting in my room, not knowing what I'm doing, and I felt myself grow to the size of the room. And I thought, well, that's interesting. (laughs) Is that meditation? It only happened once, and then I read later about the cities. Those are things when you're meditating. They just happen spontaneously. Many people look for the powers, but once you meditate, you go to the to the center of it, and then all those cities happen. Uh, a meditator should not seek those powers, but you can't avoid them. Once you start meditating, 
that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. So meditation is probably the best way to self-mesmerize because once you get mesmerized or hypnotized from someone else, you link with them for life. Donald Lay told me that and Milton Erickson, probably considered the greatest expert on hypnotism uh, in this century, last century, uh, he said the same thing. Once you hypnotize someone, you are linked with them for life it's more personal than sexual intercourse. Until you uh, de-link from them, until you wake up and de-link. Yeah. That's why it's better to do it yourself, because then you don't have these, uh, you know, in the Don Juan books, whether they're true or not, that linking of energy, those, those uh, links between people, those are very real. Oh, yeah. And once you set that up, in fact, you think of a person and you link. Yeah. So one day... I was sitting uh, in the presence of Adonal Lay, and he looked at two of us and said, the reason Marcia and you are sick is because, and I'm not, is because when you walk out the door, I forget who you are. I have no connection. Mm -hmm. But see, otherwise, we're sick because we think about the past, and, the, and we link with people when they're not even in the room. So we don't live now. We're living in the past. Yeah. In fact, one reason I changed my name from Ed, because at first I was Justine Bavarkstrom from the old country, but then I went to Ed because it was short. But I was told by Adano, Ed is an editor. That's very good. But you also live in the past because ED follows every word. Uh -huh. Then when I found out that they started calling it Ed, Erectile dysfunction. That was the end of it. No more head. No more head. I don't want to be Didn't an ED. Need any of that. I don't want to be an ED. Uh, and that really brings us to a very uh, important idea of this whole idea of sounds and words and the energy around them. And, um, uh, you know, that's why I don't choose to say. I'm so many years old because there's energy around that idea. I mean, think about that. You can just feel it. You know, so many. I'm so many years old. Okay, you know, I mean, we've heard that word "old" and we've seen it in movies, and we, we, there's energy around that word. So why even say it? Uh, you know, your body doesn't need to hear that. <laughs> just doesn't need to hear it. And that's why I think people age or whatever. Just one of the reasons, right? One of the reasons, yeah. That's funny. Ed and ED. Yeah, you don't want to do that one. <laughs> no way. Because <laughs> we make these unconscious associations. Sure. You know, they, the brain will just link up with that. Right. And we know if we know the associations, we're going to make it. So it's better to make better conscious. associations. Yeah, uh, make conscious. You know, I found, too, that in my studies over the last 10 years with the whole soul-mind-body thing, Adam, that it's so easy if you're not, if I'm not paying attention to, like, say, let's say, let's say there is a little pain somewhere, or let's say there's a little, say, when I did the heartburn thing, say there was a heartburn, right? And then you have an image of what that is. If you go back to that image quickly, you know, you're really going backwards. You're really you're really reinserting that image into your consciousness when it's not real because there's only now, right? 
You know what I mean? So people, you know, we, we tend to think about, well, I have this. Okay, and we say, well, I have a low thyroid. You're actually going back into an image you had about your thyroid being low maybe yesterday, and you're back in it, right? And you're back, you're just back in there. I, so that's why I would never, I don't say that at all. If I would say anything, I'd say my thyroid's happy and it's getting better every day or whatever, you know, something like that. You know. It's definitely a better strategy. Yeah, it's a better By the way, to mesmerize yourself, if you want someone to do it, look in the mirror. One of the age-old techniques is get a candle and make it very dim and stare in the mirror. In, into and your eyes? see the show begin. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> it's, just, it's an amazing technique. Watch the show and just see see what's going on. That's a, that's a you'll, good... You'll, yeah. It's a Rorschach test. Yeah. You will see all kinds of things happening guaranteed. You make it dim enough, just dim enough, and just keep staring in your own eyes. Yeah. And then the show begins. That's all mesmerism is. A hospital was run in India where they actually, where, where James Esdale trained everybody to mesmerize anybody who wanted surgery. Hmm. They didn't need any kind of anesthetic. It was proven. And it was so successful that it challenged British medicine to such a degree that they couldn't uh, punish Esdale for doing it. So they promoted him upward. They gave him a bureaucratic job so as a reward and sent him back to England and then closed the hospital. Hmm. So it's a trick. Promote someone upward where they can't do anything. Like the vice president of the United States, for instance. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of job that you get when you want to get rid of somebody. Yeah. So, so this idea of the mesmerism, you're in that state of consciousness where you're... And then and if you're talking to yourself and to God all at the same time and saying this is who I am this is what I want this is what I want my body to do you know and I don't think my body needs to age like normal so let's not do that that's different from just repeating kind of um, blah 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 um, um, affirmations right so being really conscious talk about that a bit that's a big difference isn't it Affirmations definitely work, but mesmerism is beyond, it's into beingness instead Mm. of consciousness. So you don't even need that. Once you get to that expanded sense in the room, why stop there? You can go any place you want to. And the power of the universe infuses in you and you have all this power. Uh, According to the Sant Mat tradition, we have, before enlightenment, the power of 11 suns. And after that, enlightenment, we have as many as we want to. We have the power of the universe within us, but we sell ourselves short. I do, too, all the time. Here I am, lost my hair, stuff like that. Totally unnecessary. With a little bit of mesmerism, you grow these things back. Yeah. I met a doctor in Sedona who had a master who took his arms off and he could take them off and put them back on again and his legs too. And that's that's amazing, yeah. I, it's, it's, we we just don't understand, and but we're learning of how powerful we are as spiritual beings in these bodies, right? And and um, and I agree with you. We we are, as uh, Michael Jackson said, we are the world. Or remember that great song, "We Are the World," and it's in all of us. You know, it's uh, everything is right in there. 
Um, here's another email for you before our, next, our first break. A uh, recent guest on Patrick's show said that kelp and other seaweeds are good sources of minerals to replace a synthetic multivitamin. Does Adam agree? And if how, if so, how does he recommend adding it to the diet? Should it be harvested to be clean of toxins and radiation? You know, uh, nighttime is a good time for kelp, kelp and for spirulina and the various algaes. Uh, I've eaten them before. And uh, spirulina can actually cure cancer. It's not necessarily the minerals in it. It's the, the protein content. It is it beneficial. A woman came to me with her son, and her son was about in his 40s. He was a musician, an entertainer, and they gave him uh, so much many years to live because he had cancer. So I told her about sprouts because it's a very good source of, of uh, protein. Mm -hmm. But because they were into macrobiotics, they couldn't accept it. Well, she came back three months later, and now she was, she was crying at the health food store because her son had been given about a week to live. Oh. He was filling up with fluid, and they weren't going to drain him anymore because they said it was pointless. Get your affairs in order. So then I remembered, hey, they're into macrobiotics. Spirulina should be no problem. So I said, why don't you try a jar of raw spirulina powder? It has to be raw. And just try a small jar and not the big jug to see if it works. Oh, no, I'm going to buy the big one. So she bought the $50 jug of spirulina at that day. This is in the 80s, too. God knows how much that is now. And she left. Three days later, she came back and said, it's a miracle. Uh, I gave him the spirulina, like you said, midday and nighttime, but not in the morning. And his waist shrunk by five inches in the first few hours and went down to normal by the time we went to the doctor. And, of course, all the doctor could say was spontaneous remission because hmm. that's, that's their magic word. If you do something to heal yourself, it's spontaneous remi remission, just a dumb universal accident. Yeah, it's so anyway, it he lived for seven or eight uh, more years, and if he had followed more instructions, he would have lived longer. But he got so much better, he was out there playing tennis and lived a normal life. Till finally his stool turned black. We told him that that's a normal thing, but then they took him back to the doctors up north, and the doctors killed him, of course. Oh, they took him back because his his uh, stools turn black? Black stool. That's a common thing. In fact, black stool can be caused by iron sulfate. If you go get an iron supplement in the pharmacy, you're, you're liable to toxify your colon. Iron is not that bad, but iron sulfate, iron uh, fumarate, there are types of iron that are exceedingly bad. And one time, a man was dying, and I was brought to him, to see if I could do anything. And when he mentioned he had a black stool, I said, you're not taking an iron supplement that you bought at a pharmacy, are you? Oh yeah, a doctor prescribed oh, yeah. it. Oh, yeah. hmm. So I said, is it a sulfate? He said, I don't know. So anyway, I went rummaging through his medicine cabinet. It was a sulfate. I told him, stop taking it, you'll be fine. He lived. End of story. So spirulinas are, you think spirulina is pretty good food just for any any of us, regardless of our 
current condition or state in life? Um, good question. <laughs> yeah, you don't know. Yeah, just to take it as a nu- nutritional thing at night. It's I've got better. some. I don't mess with it much. I have some, but I'm taking You, you know, uh, the seaweeds are okay. It, 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 Ray Pete is not a big fan of seaweeds, obviously, but uh, I find no problems if you don't overdo it. As he as he said, didn't he say it on the last show that he was on that the Japanese uh, uh, have high rates of thyroid cancer because they eat all of that seaweed. The only thing that buffers it is they eat a lot of uh, of, uh, of iodine buffering materials, hmm. goitrogens is what they call them, like. Uh, Chinese uh, cabbage and all of that kind of uh, uh, goitrogen foods. Yeah. But but anyway, if you take that much out of seaweed and just take a little, like with your meal, I don't see any problem. Yeah, you can soak some and soak it overnight and put some in rice and beans and stuff in soups. I'm sure Sure. I'm sure that's fine. I mean, the macro-neurotics have done that for years and they're still around, you know. <laughs> you know, iron is being overdone as a problem. It's the problem in the supplements. They're a lot different than taking it naturally. Sure, yeah. And one of the best ways to put iron in your body for people who are anemic is tomato juice and molasses at either heart time or small intestine time in the afternoon. That's either from 12 to 1 or 1 to 3. And and a good friend of mine had a sister that went to have uh, to, a, uh, to a gynecologist. She was going to have a baby. And the gynecologist said, you are so anemic, we have to give you blood transfusions. Wow. And, and she said, before you do, I'm going to try a tonic that my brother told me about. It's tomato juice and molasses. Well, the gynecologist thought that was crazy and says, okay, but we're going to monitor you. Well, by the pregnancy... The gynecologist said that you have the most hemoglobin of anybody who's had a baby here, so give me the formula because no I'm going to pass it on to all of my patients from now on. And how often did she do it? Did she? Did you know how often? Just every day. Every day? At, uh, again, she took it somewhere around 2 in the afternoon or 1 in the afternoon. That's crazy. Just, you uh, made so it juice and molasses. You had just had a teaspoon, teaspoon or a tablespoon of molasses. Oh. Wow, because molasses has been traditionally used for, like ladies menstruating might use lose some iron blood and stuff, right? If they they lose some energy. If and for potassium and other things too, but it does have iron in it. Uh, is one of the things that has in, but it has small amounts of iron. In fact, a lot of the iron comes from the processing of the molasses. <laughs> That's the, the oh, funny thing from the processing, yeah. Adam Bergstrom and Patrick Timpone. If you'd like to be on the show, join us, uh, telephone or email, patrick at oneradionetwork.com. Uh, Adam's been uh, experimenting with uh, uh, some product called Pregnenolone, DHEA, right? And uh, we're going to ask him about that. And so stay tuned, and that's going to come up in just a second. And you're going to learn about some crazy thing that you can try and play with if you want. Speaking of crazy things, we were introduced to uh, George Wiseman, um, many years ago. Uh, it's been, gosh, I don't know, working on three years, and George uh, makes uh, 
a Brown's gas hydrogen machine. And uh, we, we've had ours almost, I guess, about two and a half years. And what you do is if you want, if you get one, you breathe the gas and drink the water. And uh, I make the water every day. Here's my little hydrogen water for today. Put my sulfur in there. Make the hydrogen water for 10 minutes. And then uh, put it in uh, 32 ounce. Um, and then, you know, so then I know how much water I drink. And I do best when I drink about about half my body weight, about 64 ounces. Some people don't need nearly as much. But I'm in Texas, and it's hot, and I do a sauna every day, so I, I need to replenish my, replenish my fluids and keep everything moving down there. But hydrogen's an incredible technology. You can go to molecularhydrogeninstitute.com and read some of the peer-reviewed studies. A lot of work is being done in Japan and in China with hydrogen, especially they're having uh, great results for people who have had strokes, and they put them on the hydrogen gas and, and the water, and some pretty fun things happen very quickly, fun by the main, the body heals. Hydrogen is a food. It doesn't kill anything or do anything. It's just, just a food, hydrogen, and it's probably one of the most abundant um, uh, molecules in the universe. I'll ask Adam, but I think it's like the number one thing in the universe. And uh, I think this is Mark Circus on, on hydrogen. Listen. Previously with Dr. Mark Circus, who's written several books on hydrogen, he talks here about how and why it works when we breathe in the hydrogen gas and bubble our water. Hydrogen is the point between the physical universe and all the other dimensions, the energetic dimensions. The first thing that comes into existence in the physical plane is hydrogen, H1. Hydrogen floods the space in, in between all the stars and galaxies, and it gives the, the sun, it takes a bath of hydrogen 24-7. It's constantly being infused with hydrogen, which it burns in the body. We have something similar going in plants. Plants take in light and carbon dioxide, then they make food, chemical, chemical food, and which is a process of adding hydrogen that when you eat it, you strip it. But you put hydrogen gas into a person. Before it's an antioxidant, it's like rocket fuel. And it is rocket fuel. So many good things are going on when you breathe this hydrogen. I think you're right, Patrick. You're crazy, but sometimes you're not too crazy. If you'd like to get one of these machines, they have safety features on them where if it gets low or high, anything at all just doesn't seem right. Uh, sends an alarm, it shuts it off. Hydrogen's a very powerful uh, molecule. Hydrogen bombs, hydrogen airplanes, hydrogen balloons. <laughs> the Hindenburg was a hydrogen balloon, I think. It blew up. Uh, so you want to be careful with this stuff, but it's very safe. George has got the safest unit on the planet, uh, on planet, the Earth plane, that we believe we really do. Uh, George says that there's a lot of good hydrogen bronze gas machines out there but he believes that his is the best and the safest, and he's tried to get other people to do the safety features, but they want to keep the price cheaper, so I know we don't need to do that. But, so get, get a good one. George has a lifetime warranty, lifetime warranty, and a one-year, no-questions-asked-money-back warranty on the Hydrogen's AquaCure machine, and now 20% off. Whew, whew, 20% off, Promo code 1RADIO. Promo code 1RADIO. 
you don't like it, send it back within a year and they'll give you your money back. I think George says one less than 1% have ever done that. Less have ever done that. What does that tell you? Yeah, mm. and lifetime warranty. The AquaCure Browns Gas Hydrogen Machine, 20% off promo code One Radio on OneRadioNetwork.com. Have you ever wondered why elk velvet antler could be good for you? So every year they shed it, and then in the spring they begin growing a new rack, a new set of antlers. Three months. They grow it in three, three months. Three months. Think about the biggest moose rack you've ever seen, the biggest that's elk a, rack or deer rack you've ever seen. That's three months of growth. It's amazing. Now, so what you have is this organ that starts off as nothing and grows within three months to be an organ that's covered in skin, hair, veins, arteries, nerves. It's totally enervated. It's got bone and osteous tissue and bone marrow. It's essentially a limb. It requires special molecules like growth factors to accelerate the growth of it. And so there's growth factors in there that grow all the types of tissue that are found on it. Bone, bone marrow, nerves, skin, blood. All of that is being grown by these growth factors. And you can put that into your own blood and help yourself regenerate tissue. Well, that's why we use it around here. You can click and order Elk Velvet Antler from Daniel Vitalis or Thrival and Easter Thrival link right here on OneRadioNetwork.com. And we have a big sale going on. I think it's a few, another week or so. Use promo code STRONG20, STRONG20, 20% off the biggest sale of the year. There's three different kinds. You can get the gold, the silver, or the platinum, and taboo for the... Uh, um, mm, you know, the, the uh, you know, what, what do you call it? Sexuality stuff. Uh, um, libido, that word wasn't in my consciousness, but it came. Taboo, that's also on sale. So elk velvet, velvet, elk velvet is a, it's amazing. Uh, you know, I mean, think about it, that these elk, these things are actually like arms and legs. Adam was talking about these, these are what they are, and they fall off and they grow back on again. Some of these things are like 20 feet, I mean, it's crazy. So you can imagine the, the energetics around elk velvet. It's been used in Chinese medicine for a long time. They don't hurt the elk. They don't uh, drug them or, or put tourniquets on them or anything like that. They're farm-raised in New Zealand, and they use the velvet, and they make this product. So it's a food, very, very powerful, uh, good collagen for the skin, the hair, and the nails, and just in growth factors that, uh, you know, keep you going. You uh, couple this with the hydrogen and you won't need to eat, man. Just every now and then have a sardine or something. Food shortage. Uh, it's uh, uh, the elk, <laughs> elk Velvet Sale going on right now. Use promo code STRONG20 on OneRadioNetwork.com. So click on through our website, please. Elk Velvet Antler, you'll see the ad. STRONG20. And uh, you're going to be good to go for 20% off. We are listener-supported, One Radio Network. Indeed we are. I was, I was musing about hydrogen, talking about the machine. Is it the number one molecule in the universe, Adam, uh, hydrogen? By far. Huh. 99% by Adam, and I think it's about 80% if you do the size. But remember, the hydrogen atom is so small that on the periodic table of the element, it occurs on both sides. I don't know if you can see it on I, I put your big, so let's see, it's on both sides of the periodic table, hydrogen. 
It's on both sides. What does that mean? Because and that's the only molecule that's on both sides of the table, right? It, well, it means more than it's bisexual. <laughs> it means it can be alkaline. It can be acid. No other uh, material can do that. No other atom can do that. Uh, you can do it when you combine it with different other chemicals. Uh -huh. But hydrogen is both. It's a dual player. It can do, if you need more acid, you can use it. If you need more alkaline, you can use it. It totally depends on what it combines to. If it combines with oxygen, it can form water. Or if it combines with chlorine, it can form hydrochloric acid. Hmm. It can do just about anything it wants to. Interesting. Yeah, George recommended, and I've seen some really good results with it, is to drinking a, oh, maybe... 16 ounces of hydrogen water maybe half an hour before you eat and it helps the hydrochloric acid thing to work makes sense then right it, it, you know to get that hydrochloric acid on a metaphysical level hydrogen is desire ah. and nitrogen is will so and hydrogen is power too so will power is when you combine nitrogen with oxygen uh, with uh, with uh, nitrogen when you have oxygen, you have consciousness, and then when you have carbon dioxide, you have attachment. So that's where the cha the challenge is. Mm -hmm. That attachment can build the diamond body, or it can attach you to all the things that the yogis warn you about. Right? Don't get attached to things. Then you're stuck in the past or wherever you are. All right. Interesting. And people tend to get stuck in the past. As they age, they start reliving. Instead of living forward, they're living backwards. And it ends up killing them. Yeah. Yeah, a circus used to argue that if they would just add some hydrogen uh, to the people in the hospitals, you know, it would be such an amazing s step up and they wouldn't be hurting people with this oxygen, you know. Yeah. Hmm. Do you think the Oxygen is a two-edged sword, just yeah. like carbon dioxide is. You want balance. We can die from too much carbon dioxide or too much oxygen. If we die through too much oxygen, it's called tetany. Ever, ever get a cramp? That's tetany. That's too much oxygen. Ah. But if you die from coma, that's, that's uh, carbon dioxide. Now, coma is good. It's another name for meditation. You basically go into a comatose state and you can then relate with the entire universe. Mm. So carbon dioxide is necessary. As Ray Pete correctly points out, you can, you, there are creatures who can live without oxygen, but there are none in the universe that can live without carbon dioxide. Yeah, so I went uh, uh, to a wedding over the weekend, had a wonderful time in St. Louis and with a good friend, and we, it was just an amazing experience, but um, had a, um, a huge leg cramp in my left leg. It wasn't about a girl. It was about, I don't know, something. Maybe because I was seeing all my brothers or over the weekend or something, you know. But, wow, man, it was hardcore. I've never had a... And I was kind of limping around for a little bit, you know. I was rubbing magnesium oil. So you say that's too much oxygen atom, a tetany, what's called tetany? Tetany. Huh. That's why when people rebirth, you know, where you yeah. breathe... <sighs> like that eventually you cramp up you cramp up so what what would be in a now it's gone now but what would have been a good remedy at the time that i didn't one know? of the strangest things that works is you go pee go pee 
for yeah force yourself to urinate sit till something comes out the cramp goes away okay. especially leg cramps you ever get a leg cramp when you're riding uh in a car for a long time and you've got your foot on the gas pedal and it just suddenly cramps every now and then would cramp up yeah I, i've had that every now and then yeah yeah so you when, the first time i had a cramp like that it wouldn't go away for 15 minutes and i was in agony yeah and that so can i be crawled hard on my belly to the bathroom and peed because I reasoned it was bladder time, uh, but actually this will work in other times too, I found out later, but one drop of urine came out, my cramp instantly went away. I'll be done. And we had a visitor here one time, uh, had driven a long way before they got here. They went up to go to the bathroom with a terrible cramp, and he said, well, I peed and my cramp went away. <laughs> and Viber Gal said, yeah, that's what happened with Adam too. <laughs> yeah, wow. Huh. So, um, so could I, when that happened too, could I breathe in a bag and then more carbon dioxide? Would, could that have helped it? Yeah, I haven't tried it that way, but theoretically it should work hmm. because you want more carbon dioxide in your body. So I would imagine that would work. You could even hold your breath, you know, uh, and then slowly exhale and hold your breath as long as possible. Mm -hmm. Or you could drink donkey's milk. Donkey's milk. conserve all that <laughs> carbon yeah. dioxide that's what the yogis did <laughs> yeah yeah donkey's milk is kind of a there's a there's a farm up in uh uh pennsylvania you can actually buy it um yeah amos miller's farm donkey milk and wh why are people like that because it's got carbon dioxide yeah it, it retains carbon dioxide huh. so you don't have to exhale that's the yogi's secret about how they were able to be buried for long periods they of didn't time. Have to exhale. And even the British, some of the Brit uh, Colonel Townsend learned the technique. Now, a lot of people don't realize that when uh, a woman couldn't breastfeed, the most common substitute in the United States for our pioneer forefathers was donkey milk. Is that right? Rather than goat's milk. It right was here donkey. in the U.S. It was donkey milk. See, both, both, the, both the Third Eye Indians and the Three Feather Indians, they knew the power of breathing. So they knew that you, you talk as little as possible because you lose energy whenever you talk. Mm -hmm. I'm losing energy now, but you regain it by meditating. Mm -hmm. uh, so they kept their mouth closed, didn't open it, and the same in India. They knew that trick. In fact, one way to meditate is keep oil in your mouth and then you'll dribble it all over if you open your mouth then you'll know for sure when you're doing it because many people open their mouth they don't really have a clue they're doing it down at the farmer's market i see people walking around uh, with their mouth you know if, if you draw a picture of a retarded person what do you do they never have their mouth closed yeah. they open it up and drop it down <laughs> you know it's really interesting because i've been thinking for oh gosh six months or a year that i like you know i want to try to trans i will i am trying let me say it this way i'm transitioning into just writing and producing movies that's where i'm going and i've said several people it just kind of came out i'm really getting tired of talking you know so maybe maybe that's part of the dispersal of of energy because uh, on a talk show you talk you know what i mean it's like you talk a lot you know i am I am getting tired of talking, so that's funny. Well, when your movies come out, I will 
I will resume watching American movies. Otherwise, I'm banning them now because Hollywood is getting too weird. They're all coming up here, too. We got Lady Gaga up here this week, and we got Leonardo DiCaprio, and we got Barbara Streisand and James Brolin and all the usual suspects. They're all moving up up by you. A couple of miles away. Wow. The fancy hotels that you pay like $10,000 to stay in and things like that. Where the the goop lady has her shop in there, too. So why are they moving? Are are they just visiting up there or just moving up up by you? A lot of them live up here. And a lot of them live up here secretly. Even John Travolta used to live up here secretly on a huge ranch that is now a uh, 25,000-acre, what do you call it? where they keep the land away from the people. And it happens to be that that land, the Dangermond uh, Preserve, I think they call it, uh, 25,000 acres, includes the secret caves of Howard Hughes, where they did genetic experiments back in the 50s and 60s. (laughs) So the goop lady lives up there too? What's her name? Paltrow? Yeah. She's uh, within a couple of miles of here. In fact, if you go on the Internet, you'll see she gives a tour of her house, which has a huge uh, bathhouse within the house. That's the main feature of her pad. Her pad. Uh, What is... Oh, here's an email for you. What is radionics, and why did Adano warn against it? Also, what about... Mayonnaise made with olive oil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, radionics is actually, they argue about it, but it's actually radio waves. Radio waves. And <laughs> we broad, yeah, we broadcast radio waves with our thoughts. Every time you have a thought, you're in the, uh, uh, in a spectrum of radio waves. So we have the power to do the same thing. Now, you can make a radionic machine out of just drawing a schematic on a piece of paper. You could just take something like this and draw it on it and have a schematic, and it works. So they argue about whether it's totally physical or totally esoteric. And it's actually a combination of both. The universe is put together with physical things, but thoughts are physical. We tend to think of thoughts, oh, they're just something that flies through the air. Mm -hmm. They're very real. Once you set a thought in action, it has to go someplace and has to have a resolution. And so radionics is basically a way of working on people. But if you work on a person without their permission, then you get their problem. (laughs) So it's not wise to go volunteering to do anything. Donald Lay was so strict about that, you had to ask him three times before he would work on you. And he was so radical, I don't know if he would really do this in person. They said, what if someone passed out in front of you? He said, I would step right over him and keep on walking. It's not my karma. Only if they ask me, is it my karma? Now, I don't know if he would have actually done that, uh, but that's a hard one to swallow. And that's why, you know, people will tend to try to pray for other people without their permission, which I don't think is a good idea for that reason. They also say, God bless you. And I know they mean well, but I don't think that's a good idea. What if the person doesn't want to be blessed? It's not our business, you know? So that's why we say, in that concar, may the blessings be, 
the blessings are out there, may they be there if you want them or not. That's, the, that's that idea, that energy. Adano's information comes from the same source because he warned about saying God bless you too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty tricky business, right? To it's easy to encroach on others when we shouldn't be encroaching on them on the on the spiritual plane, mental, emotional, physical, like that. And it's good to be careful because we do create karma when we do that, don't we? Yeah. Right, and, and we can worry too much about it. Yeah, but still. True. It is a subject to be concerned about because uh, anything we do leaves an imprint on the universe and it has to be dealt with in some way or other eventually. We don't think about that, but we leave impressions in our room. That's why people who do psychotronics, they come in and they can tell who's been in the room and tell its history. They can go feel along the walls. These vibes are very real. They last in the universe. Mm-hmm. Jung complained about that, that people think the mind is just something that isn't important, that it isn't a solid physical thing. But it is. It's more real than what we call matter, the out state. Right, right. In the beginning was the word. I mean, this is how matter matters. <laughs> don't you think, don't you yeah, love that matter word? Matter matters. <laughs> yeah. Does it matter? Matter wouldn't matter without the word. It wouldn't matter exactly. without the word. I mean, it wouldn't, it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't turn into matter. I love that term, matter. So, okay, that's right, Yannick. And he says, this other email, what does Adam think about mayonnaise made with olive oil? Hmm. You know, if you make it yourself, yeah. there's really no problem with it. I in egg and, and my problem was I ate uh, before I got here this is where I keep my white sugar now in a jar like <laughs> the old this. mayonnaise jars, right? Yeah. But from being here only three years, I had a hundred of these. A hundred of these bottles I went through of mayonnaise. Whoa. That's not good for you. <laughs> Which I don't one recommend did you, it. What were you using? Just the old Hellman's the good old mayonnaise? I put it in tuna. <laughs> Are you, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. It is good, though, boy. Oh, I mean, yeah. And, and I, I put it on tomatoes. I put it on everything. I, when, when, I got, uh, when I came back from Mexico, uh, when I got the Aztec two-step, uh, <laughs> my, my gut was so messed up, I ate a quart of mayonnaise, more than a quart of mayonnaise every two days. I put it on everything. I ate it plain. I just ate it. Whoa. I loved this stuff. What I've always craved fat anyway, but it's not the better fat. Now I crave butter, olive oil, much yeah. better fats. And what was the oil and the mayonnaise you were eating at the time? Do you remember? Uh, was- some of it was, uh, they had the safflower oil and all that, even the soy oil. I fell for the different types that are better for you, and of course they're not. Uh, this one, I don't even remember what was in this. It was Trader Joe mayonnaise, and I really didn't care because I needed my mayo <laughs> fix. But why didn't you get yellow fat disease because of that one? Oh, I do. Oh, I'm you, still working on oh, it. You did. Oh, yeah. Oh. I, I have problems with fibrosis and other things I haven't overcome. Ah. I think I've told you in 2015 that I was bleeding out every part of That's my right. body. Yeah. I was just about phasing out with edema, you know, the uh, rhino foot leg you know that sure. it swelled up big yeah no no more trace of it since i gave up the tuna and the mayo now i wrote 14 books on why not to eat the tuna <laughs> on an ongoing basis anyway i couldn't write a single book on why not to eat the, the mayo it has to do with omega-6 oils and there's no direct connection but i know it's a problem 
that's enough for me to avoid it or to minimize omega six and two. I just couldn't write a book about it. So you were you were really deep into the PUFA range, right? Uh, with with the oil and the and the mayonnaise you're eating. Wow. Yeah. See, it's easy. Omega three directly causes yellow fat disease under many names: Crohn's disease, Parkinson's, whatever, whatever. you want to call yeah. it. But it's a direct connection with omega six. It can cause a variety of things. I can't draw a complete connection with it. Ray Pete probably can. In fact, that's a good question to have him yeah, next question time. more about omega-6 oils and why they are bad. Because yeah. other than him saying so, I don't trust the other medical ex experts that tell me things because they lie about so many things. Yeah. Structured water, estrogen is good, on and on the list goes. What did you make about, uh, remind me, we'll go back to and then we'll do the pregnenolone. But he was talking a bit about vitamin A yesterday. What did you make of that? I think that's beneficial. And he talks about it for leukoplasia. Uh, I can't even pronounce the name. Yeah, whatever when you start to get basically, when a woman goes for a pap smear and they say, uh-oh, you're precancerous, that's the one that vitamin A is a necessary remedy for. Not large amounts, though. You know, Ray Peter is very moderate in his vitamins. Like... If for diarrhea, you just take 20 milligrams of vitamin B6. Uh, he talked about that on your last show, yeah, your yeah. last interview with him. Mm -hmm. uh, because the large amounts get people into trouble. In the small amounts, it's used as needed. But when it's not needed, it spills over. And when it spills over, what's it going to do? It gets in the way. Mm. And that's one of the problems with vitamins. A vitamin cannot make you acid or alkaline until you overdo them then they go into the mix and they start to mess up with the entire field it's like you want to do you want the toilet to work in your bathroom you don't want it to overflow into your living room and your bedroom yeah and he i asked him he said uh, eggs are a good source of vitamin a right and we probably get plenty if we eat four five six seven eight eggs a week or something right you eat a lot of eggs right uh, two, uh, two each night. Two each night with your potato? That's what your basic meal is, potato. Baked potatoes. Yeah, we get them right here at the farmer's market. Really, really good potatoes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, so, let's talk about a little bit. Somehow you got turned on to the idea of playing around with pregnenolone and DHEA via Ray Pete, Right. Talk about that experience and what you've been doing. Well, the, the original reason, and uh, you're the, one of the few people in the world that knows what was really going on here. We had a serious problem going. Yeah. And it worked. For something incurable, it worked. It's supposed to be totally incurable. I'm not going into the details. But anyway, after it worked, I noticed I was taking it too because mm -hmm. I had some minor problems, mm -hmm. but it gave me energy. It was ah. like speed. So that was very strange. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Vibrant Gal had the opposite. She woke up one morning and couldn't even open her eyes. <laughs> she was so weak. And so she stopped taking it after it did its job. Uh, I think you were talking to Ray Pete about that. You had taken a little thyroid, but then you, I the, did. The I took thyroid for. I don't know, you know, four or five months, you know, the, the desiccated. And then I just quit and my, my body temperature stayed just, I don't know, just, 
it kicked it up or did something. I don't know what it did. Yeah. Yep. And Ray Pete said that sometimes all it takes is a boost to get it up. Mm -hmm. So that worked for Vibrant Gal. And so she doesn't take it. Uh, I took it this morning. I skipped yesterday to see the difference. And I did notice a little difference. Now, you know, you can have a psychological effect that could be. But right now I'm taking it because I get a lot more energy and get a lot more done. And I, as I was explaining, I have more ideas where I've uh, hmm. more practical ideas on doing things with uh, on the internet, on Facebook, etc. The only drawback is that I start reevaluating my life and said, "You stupid idiot! You did this wrong. <laughs> do you that. did. Why did you do that? Do why that. did you marry that woman? Why did you do this? Why? Why did you take that job? Why did you take that trip?" Oh yeah. So that's the only downside, and I attempt to keep out of the past. Yeah. And so far, okay. And so you're taking, let's see, did you tell me 30 milligrams? Right? I think it's uh, 50. It is oh, 50, 50, I think, is the one I took. I think you you were experimenting with 30. I just, and I, I just did a one day. and a little bit of DHEA. I just did a one day, and I felt kind of weird, and so I didn't. So <laughs> You I, might have the effect Vibrant Gal did, because yeah. she won't touch it now. <laughs> I did it one day, and I said, no, I don't, I don't. I just, it felt a little strange. I don't know why, you know, but who knows, you know. <clears throat> Again, it could be totally psychological on me, but I get a lot of energy. You know, I've had so much energy anyway as a child. I would have been the first one they gave drugs to, to hmm. settle down. I would jump up and down. If, if you pulled out a movie camera as a kid, I'd jump up and down. I couldn't stand still. And in, in school, they'd tell me to use my head. I'd bonk it on the desk. <laughs> I stayed after school a lot. <laughs> when I came to California, they gave SWATs. So then I kind of calmed down a little bit <laughs> because, uh, on the you know, they used to hit you with a, with a paddle. You dropped your pants and the principal hit you with a paddle. Adam Bergstrom, Patrick Timponi, the 17th of May. We're live here. If you care to join us on this uh, Tuesday morning, Please do. Uh, you know how to do it. Phone and email. Uh, everywhere you look, uh, most everywhere on the interweb, which is mostly made up, uh, the word food shortage is out there. What's your personal opinion, your intuition on this thing? Do you, are you concerned at all for yourself or planning uh, just to pony up with some more food in case? What do you think is going to happen? Any ideas? What's your intuition to well, you? One of the reasons we're here is basically a cornucopia of food. It's all around. And so we have food. But I'm concerned for people living in the Midwest where they have to depend on supermarkets and food being shipped. Hmm. I would advise people to learn how to make your own food. Ray Pete talked hmm. about on the last interview with him, yeah. I guess it was yesterday, yeah. that you should... Uh, uh, you know, learn on the internet. They're showing you how to grow food uh, on your shelf, uh, on your windowsill, things like that. And I think uh, back in the day, I used to make my own mung bean sprouts. They're a good source of protein, a good source of food. So some things can be very simply done. And then you can always grow potatoes, which are really, really easy to get plenty of them by just poking them in the ground. Yeah. So I think people in other parts of the United States uh, need to be concerned. Here, I'm not concerned at all because we're basically in the cornucopia and 
one of the reasons we stay here at the outrageous rental prices people have no idea how much they charge to live here i mean so we don't travel because we don't have any money after (laughs) after just paying the rent and getting enough food yeah if i when i was in texas i was taking road trips all the time I called myself Chief Rolling Rubber because I traveled so often. Well, there's a lot of local food sources here at the farmer's market, so I feel pretty good. There's always going to be some something around with eggs and whatever. And you know what? I was wondering if uh, any of you listening have a good place. You might have a good place. I think it might, might be fun. I wouldn't mind getting a 25 or 50 pounds of, um, I don't know, what would be a good bean? Like a kit... Um, what would be a good bean to get? And then if you had a lot of rice, you could live on rice and beans for a long time, right? Wouldn't, pinto bean, would that be a good one, pinto bean? They're good survival foods. You know, Ray Pete sure. isn't into beans at all. But I think hey. in moderation, and particularly, we sprout our beans. So when I eat lentils, they're fully sprouted. And that way, it neutralizes the toxins. Sure. So I think it's a good survival food. They last a long time. You can get canned beans or you just get dry beans and store them. Soak them and sprout uh, them. You can store them in various things like nitric oxide. There, there's instructions on how to do that. At one time in Tyler, Texas, Adano Lay had houses full of stored food uh, in case there were emergencies. It wasn't his idea, but he went along with it. And Steve Shiver knows the details on that more than I do. Mm-hmm. But I've moved an entire household of those big white pails full of food supplies from one house to another. What's, the, what's that? Uh, is it wild rice where you get in the water and they're, they're a little long wild rice? Is that what it is? I bought some wild about... Wild rice is a good protein. I bought some about 10 years ago. I might get more of that. And I have it in a plastic bucket, one of those really tight things. And it's just good as gold. Ten years later. It is. I might get some more of that. That'd be a nice, because there's a lot of good things going on with wild rice, right? A lot of good things. I think so, yep. Yeah. And ducks like it. Ducks like it. And so, but if you know a spot uh, that you that you have a good good source for organic, maybe pinto beans, what do you, what do you think if I was going to pick a bean? What would you get? Does it matter? Are they pretty much all the same? 25-pound well, bag? Like- Lentils, Lentils, because it's one of the most digestible of all beans, huh. and uh, maybe one of the better ones. But the other ones, I usually get them in canned, even though we have them available here in the farmer's market. So they're grown locally here a lot, mm-hmm. and uh, and they're okay. I think some of them are a little rougher on the kidneys to a degree, but some are therapeutic. The first drugs for kidneys came from the kidney bean. Sure. Sure. Yeah, and kidney bean pod tea, uh, various types of uh, oriental uh, beans they use. They're little red beans and other types for kidney problems. So uh, a bean in moderation, particularly well-cooked, and the juices are very good kidney foods, midday, of course. And then you can have 25 or 50 pounds of rice, uh, good rice, organic. And you could you could go for a long time on beans and rice, and couldn't you? Yeah. For survival, now you yeah. can do what the Catholic mystics did. Hmm. They, if you don't move around and you follow the instructions of conserving conserving carbon dioxide, like the yogis did, the Christian mystics did it too. 
they went in a cell which gathered the uh, carbon dioxide and they ate nothing but bread and water. And all of those mystics lived over 100 years old. Bread and 200, water. 200, 520, uh-huh. all kinds of records on bread and water. No minerals, no anything, just carbon dioxide stored in their body. Yeah. You know, the founder of the, the, the Sarbashan, I think that's the name of the book, the, 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 the source of that, he didn't write it, but the source of that did one of the longest meditations you've probably ever heard of. He meditated for 17 years straight in a room within a room because that way you had more carbon dioxide so he could sustain his meditative state, which was basically a totally breathless state. That's crazy. That's crazy. In In India, you had to go out in the jungle for 25 years before you were considered realized. And, and, in 25 years in the jungle, uh, you either became an animal or you became enlightened. That was the rule in ancient India. <laughs> That's right. The animals would would, would engross you into their into their being. That's great. <clears throat> yeah. Have um, you heard of the Shiva uh, the Shiva Pura Baba? Huba, huba. He did that for 25 years. Then it was tradition to walk around the world after you did that. Now, because India, as Bharata, ancient Bharata, was very nationalistic, the world was the borders of India. But guess what he did? His grandfather said, you will walk around the actual world. So he went to, uh, to the Middle East, got into the Forbidden City without, uh, in Mecca without getting killed. He went to England, became Queen Victoria's guru. <laughs> then he went and met Einstein and Madame Curie and Theodore Roosevelt and Porfirio Diaz in Mexico and went around the entire world for another 25 years. And he lived to 130 and he started smoking at 121. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what the Maybe queen... Maybe to ground himself. I wonder what the queen's on. She's probably 112 and doesn't tell anybody she's that old, but she's still going. <laughs> Still going strong, yeah. I, yeah. 97, something like that. Uh, Philip lasted to 99. John Cleese lives here in Montecito, and he's talking about how how Philip fooled around a lot. He had a lot of girlfriends, and the queen just looked the other way. I bet he did. Uh, here's an email from Paul in the UK. Hi, guys. I have some bruises on the back of my legs. Not sure why they just appeared recently. Also, my right leg aches when I lie down. What could that be? An achy right leg? Bruises? Well, other than finding out who's the matter with the who's person. Who's the matter? Uh, the, the, some kind of weakness is there. It's good to uh, watch your omega-3s and things like that. When the bruises appear, take an ice cube. Not in, not in a, uh, with anything between it, but a direct ice cube. You can hold it with a towel and rub it up and down in the bruise and you can erase <laughs> the bruise because the blood will then go back into circulation quite easily by applying cold to it. How does the blood even get out there? I mean, so I guess all the veins are, they're really leaky in a sense, aren't they? They leak, yeah. In fact, the views, when you get purpura, it's leaky blood vessels without getting bruised. But obviously, when you get bruised, you're usually going to get 
that the blood coming out and flowing out like that. But you can erase it by putting it back in circulation. Now, when I told Donald Lay about that, he said, what if you're in the jungle? What are you going to do? And so he wanted to be prepared for any circumstance. So, so there is another way. You take a brush and lightly brush the area and then you put it back in circulation too or tickle it with a feather when we feel that tickling it actually puts all the energy in that area for healing so if you have any kind of a boo-boo of any kind boil whatever if you start to rub it lightly with a feather or even your own finger you'll get uh, an effect particularly in a clockwise direction hmm. interesting yeah you, you can heal scars that way yeah wow and so this purpura, what that word is, that's the little purple spots that you see people get like on forearms. And do we know the cause of those? Well, uh, in my case, it was definitely omega-3 fatty omega acids. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's because you wrote indeed. <laughs> yeah. Also, I told you it was oranges, but I think because I ate kale, that also helped to, huh. uh, to, to uh, address the problem. Uh, it was definitely the tuna and the mayo had a your part in the problem, though. Hmm. Uh, 